What's going on, everybody? I'm back once again. It's your boy, Sid Davis, the one and only host of the Social Introvert Podcast, episode 126. Almost. <laughs> I had it in my head, man. I got so many of these shits now. I, I'm trying to remember, and then I low-key forget and got to double check what number episode I'm on. But anyway, uh, you can find this show exclusively on bynkradio.net forward slash podcast, as well as SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And um, just to let y'all in on a little something, I am officially on YouTube. The Social Introvert TV is it's official. It's up. So you can go check out the, the last two episodes, episode 124 and 125, if you haven't. Um, and no, they're much shorter. I don't have any of the music playing. Like I said last week, SoundCloud, I can get away with some stuff. YouTube, a little more strict. So it's, it's not so bad. I mean, the episodes are fairly short. I think the I think episode 124 without the whole music transition is like 20, 21 minutes. Um, 125 is about 28, no, 27 or 28 minutes. But anyway, um, the videography is coming real soon. I just want some perfect lighting. I have the cameras, everything, tripod. I got all of this shit set up. I just need some great wonderful lighting i'm very dramatic about my setup i just want some flash shit <laughs> whenever i really start posting a video form of the social introvert podcast so it's on the way the social introvert tv is up this episode 126 will be up tonight um at midnight once uh the social introvert podcast goes live so real quick i want to start off by saying rest in peace to doris day a lot of y'all do not know who this woman is. Uh, if you're aware, if you're on the up and up with music, if you're really music savvy, I'm pretty sure you're aware of who Doris Day is. Uh, she is an actress and singer from way, way before our time. I think around my grandmother's time. Actually, a little before my grandmother's time, honestly. But yeah, Doris Day... Um, passed on at the age of 97 and i talked with my grandmother the other day about it and she was like oh i thought doris day had already passed i'm like oh no she'd been living low-key um and as i'm reading this article i think a couple days ago i mean it was true she was a very low-key woman uh there's an article on doris day that just basically said she won't have a funeral. She won't have a grave site, no memorial, uh, no marker. She didn't like death. And part of this article says Doris Day won't be having a funeral after she died at the age of 97. The legendary Hollywood star who died on Monday morning made her wishes clear in her will. Her manager and close friend Bob Bashera tells people no funeral, no memorial. <clears throat> Excuse me. And no grave marker. In addition to saying that, they didn't like to talk about a, a pro prospective funeral or memorial, Bashir explains. She didn't like death. She couldn't be with her animals if they had to be put down. She had difficulty accepting death. Wow. Um, sounds a lot like me, <laughs> in a sense. 
I've come to the realization that death is inevitable. Um, if it happens, it happens. Uh, it's just the way it is. You can't reverse time. Wish you could, but and, and you know, shout out to the Avengers for the time heist. But anyway, not to be. I'm not trying to be funny. But anyway, um, I'm a lot like that. When I pass, I really don't want a gravesite. I don't want a grave marker. I don't want anything like that. I don't want none of that shit. Uh, cremate me and scatter my ashes. I'm in another place. I am no longer here. Uh, me, when it comes to, to pets, I've had a couple of pets in my childhood. Um, I'm thinking about getting a dog very soon. I want a French bulldog. I don't know. It's not final yet. But I really want a French bulldog or a beagle. Thinking about it. And... I think when the time comes to putting that dog down, I'll probably be in that room wait, you know, just to be there because it is said once the dog is getting put down, the dog is actually like panicking, like looking around to make sure the owner is there. So it just made me think about it, sit back and reflect. I'm like, you know what? Okay. It might be better to be in that room. But, um, before there isn't a way that I could sit in there and just watch my pet dog be put down or anything like that i i'd have to fucking walk out but not to stray away from doris day i i first got into doris day when i was like 14 and that's when i started collecting vinyl doris day um her style was more so like you know the broadway type most of the time um she had this really sultry jazzy voice uh she also did she did a little bit of country music and i'm not the biggest fan of country but i hear a lot of people talk about old country versus new country um the old country back then sounded amazing so <laughs> but anyway um she had this really sultry jazzy voice and the record that i have of doris day has a song called once in a lifetime amazing song and i have a homeboy that goes by the name of atlas he's a rapper uh poet this this man can write think pieces theories all of that so shout out to atlas he has a mixtape on bandcamp.com called skeletons and uh so i bought the sample to his attention i said man you should sample this he produces lo-fi beats and it's like bro sample this shit he said the song gotta be fire though i was like man it's from like the early 1900s he's like uh oh, okay <laughs> so he hears the song he said let me borrow this i'll bring it back to you i was like all right cool there's a song on the skeletons mixtape called sand i didn't fam how he switched that shit to make it to modernize it to today just sounded so fucking amazing but yeah like I, i'm familiar i'm a little bit familiar with doris day i'm aware like Doris Day, Fred Astaire, Irvin Berlin, you know, those people from way, way back. But yeah, um, rest in peace to Doris Day. Um, it's interesting that she just wasn't a person. She just didn't want a gravesite. She didn't want none of that shit. And I'm like, oh, I don't want none of that either. <laughs> but yeah, like when I pass, um, no. Nah. Now, just, you know, cremate me. You can put me in an urn, whatever. I don't know. If you want to, you can scatter my ashes and I'm perfectly fine. I am not 
here anymore <laughs> but anyway um man so logic's confessions of a dangerous mind drop and i started to listen to it like i said the album cover looks awesome i love that album cover shout out to logic for that or shout out to um what's this boy's name it's the same dude who did the cover for everybody i like the cover for that too um i think i can't think of the guy's name but i know he did the artwork for all of logic's projects um i'm about to get back to y'all on that but i think he did the artwork for all of logic's covers but anyway so i'm just sitting there listening i'm like i'm like three songs in i'm like all right album's okay second track is homicide featuring eminem i do not care for that shit and i'm sitting here surfing on the web and unexpectedly there is a project called umbrella symphony currency in london drugs i stopped everything that i was doing uh listening to logic i was sitting there looking at some other shit and like i said when i listen to currency i've said this in previous podcasts i don't (laughs) i don't sit there and waste my time to listen to see that if the shit is good when i see the name currency and this is more so if i see the name london drugs now i'm hitting download asap without even thinking twice uh if you're familiar with currency you already know what it is london drugs is london drugs must be from like the early 1990s uh west coast g-funk era because they took that sound and applied it into they've been around since like 2017 2018 but they they've applied that sound today and it sounds amazing so currency and london drugs came out of nowhere dropped this seven track project called umbrella symphony um it sounds amazing uh cole jackson on on one of the recent government name episodes actually this this last one that just came out it's called uh don't let the devil use you yeah that's the that's the title of the episode like that shit that's probably one of my favorite episodes so far one of my favorite episodes by government name just quick just quick shout out uh it was when i first heard them uh episode called no good decisions and instantly from there i just i've been listening to them ever since but um this episode don't let the devil use you check it out government name podcast g-u-b-m-i-n-t name podcast on bynkradio.net forward slash podcast they're on apple as well check them out funny ass episode but anyway um what was i saying cole jackson said he's like man i you know i guess my expectations were too high i was expecting i think what cole jackson was saying that he was expecting something more up tempo because the mixtape was it's kind of laid back it was kind of slow and i noticed that too while listening to this and that was my sentiment too i was expecting something a little more up tempo since london drugs they um london drugs consist of uh, rapper jay worthy and producer sean house but i was expecting some more up tempo shit since the g-funk era it's a lot of up tempo as beats but anyway you would expect more it's almost like it is it's almost like ghostface killer and czarface's album ghostface meets metal face and as you've noticed 
if you kept up with this podcast, I have not talked about that album. I was excited for it before it dropped. And when it dropped, I heard it and I was like, what the fuck is this? But I'm not going to get into this. Uh, Ghostface meets Metal Face. I, I was not pleased. Um, <laughs> Whatever. I hate that album. But anyway. So Kawhi Leonard has hit, I guess, supposedly the greatest buzzer beater in history. We've seen amazing buzzer beaters. But I guess the reason why it was so praised is because it was hit in a game seven, which I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. I saw it as a lucky shot. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I like Kawhi Leonard. He's cool, but it's just a lot of people just hype him up a little too much. I have nothing against him. But I do have something against Max Kellerman. And he said this about a week ago. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bobby Shmurda. Um, He said that Kawhi Leonard under pressure is a better finisher than Kobe. Like, and the video is so funny because Stephen A. Smith, I don't ever agree with him, but he's just sitting there in awe. And then Jay Williams gets up. He has to take a breather. Big sigh. And I, I was thinking that Jay Williams was about to slap shit out of him. But <laughs> now I bring that up because <laughs> the team that Kawhi Leonard is a part of Toronto Raptors. Um, they were playing the Sixers. Joel Embiid is part of the Sixers. And a lot of people were talking about how Joel Embiid was talking all this trash about the other team, the opposing team, and how, you, you know, if you're familiar with Joel Embiid, you're familiar with how much trash he talks. And most of it is for play play. It's not like, it's never anything like threatening or anything serious everybody knows and you know they they take it they're like all right cool whatever you know we'll, we'll see on the paint uh they lost the game and Joel Embiid breaks down in tears like literal tears like this was this was worse than the Michael Jordan crying meme way worse and a lot of people were making fun of him. They were like, oh, Joel Embiid is, is soft or he's a bitch. And man, you got all these millions of dollars. Why are you crying for it? Like, look, there's there's two different types of NBA players. And we've seen them all the time. One, uh, there might be, you know, a, a set of NBA players. They lose. They have money. They have these nice cars. They got a bunch of women around them whatever then you have the other NBA players that are extremely passionate they don't give a shit about money um, they remain faithful whatever I mean it I don't even think if it matters about them remaining faithful it's just you have some that really just care about the material shit and you have the others that are really passionate about this game like they don't give a fuck about nothing else they love the game of basketball and they, they don't want to lose. They don't want to be a loser. So, Joel Embiid crying. You know, a lot of people laugh. And you know what? I wanted to go in, but I was like, you know, I can't. I Like, I couldn't even laugh because I could see it. And I'm like, this dude did not want to fucking lose that game. You know he ain't want to lose that shit. So, 
people laughing at him, making fun of him. And I'm not going to like include everybody, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's a lot of people who are in on the joke and laughing at him. I, I, I would like to include them a part of the ones who just will never know about glory or winning or, you know, just wanting more than just the material shit. And, you know, Joel Embiid wants the glory. He wants like the man wants to fucking win. And all you people sitting there just making memes and laughing and shit like, fam, come on. Like, really? It, like, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, it's unfortunate that that this team got sent home. But, you know, better luck next time. I would like to see them advance in the future. It'll be dope. But uh, for those people just laughing at Embiid for no reason, like, oh, he was talking all that shit. Like, that wasn't news. Like niggas knew he was talking shit all the time but it was all for play play like it's not that serious y'all just it's a lot of y'all that are comfortable with just losing and not caring because of what you have or like you're scared to show passion for what you love to do i think that's what it is or where my gripe comes in with this and b just showed an embodiment of passion and what he loves to do that's all but, you know, I'm not going to stay on on this too long. Uh, I really don't give a shit much about the NBA as much as I used to. Like, everybody that I was in love with is gone. Even, you know, I'm more so about the old school players. But I am in love with the 96-97 draft era. Love that era. And I think pretty much everybody's gone. So it's... I really just don't care anymore. I'm just, I'll kind of peek my head in just to see what's popping. I love Damian Lillard. I think he's awesome. Kawhi's cool. Um, I like what LeBron is doing off the paint. I don't really care much for him as a player. He's cool. Like, no knock towards him, but uh, just, I don't really care much for the NBA these days. But, oh well. <laughs> I guess the Warriors got it again. Um, at the finals, I don't know. It's everybody's pulling for the Warriors. I don't give a fuck. So before I get up out of here, man, <laughs> this is a little old TV show, late '90s, mid, uh, early 2000s. I think it ended somewhere closer to like, you know, somewhere in the mid 2000s. I don't know. Whatever. It's called Charmed, and Spot Three Witches. But it, who cares? You can go look that up. Anyway. It seems like the women that were involved with the show, ever since that show had ended, they all went batshit crazy. Uh, not so much of making batshit crazy decisions, but just batshit crazy, just like logic or just they, they look wild. You can go Google these women that were on Charmed. And this is not bashing women whatsoever. But anyway, there's a law that's been passed. An abortion law, the heartbeat bill. And it's for the state of Georgia as well as Alabama. So I want to include all when I'm talking about this. It's not just Georgia. And it says the Georgia law will ban abortions after a doctor is able to detect a fetal heartbeat in the womb, usually at about six weeks before many women know they are pregnant. It was one of the nation's most uh, stringent 
proposals until an all-out ban introduced in Alabama. Under the proposed Alabama bill, doctors would not be able to perform the procedure once a fetus is in utero. That version caught national attention because the bill that passed in the House allowed for a single exception in cases involving a serious health risk to the unborn child's mother. Cases of rape and incest were not exempt as they are in other states. Now, I don't agree with this shit. I really don't agree with this. This is horrible. This is terrible. But uh, you can go check this article out on the Washington Post. This article is titled, let me check, Could Miscarriages Land Women in Jail? Like I said, you can hop on the Washington Post and check out that article. But the reason why I bring up Alyssa Milano is uh, because she is calling a sex strike. She is telling all women of Georgia, basically, uh, hey, <laughs> you want to fight back and take back what's yours and, you know, prove to these men what's wrong. Let's go on a sex strike until these laws are lifted. Um, Listen, man. I was <laughs> I don't like the news, but um, I was watching Tucker Carson and he's very biased. And I don't really pay much attention to him. The only reason why I somewhat like Tucker Carson is because of his dramatic readings. The dramatic readings are hilarious. Um, he had someone on and it, it just made me crack up a little bit. Uh, check this clip out. Author and columnist Mark Stein joins us tonight. So, Mark message you can't have sex with Alyssa milano until we get our partial birth abortion back what effect is this going to yeah. have on america yeah well it's weird to me because uh the rationale for abortion such as it is is that uh, uh abstinence education doesn't work so we have right. to have abortion because abstinence doesn't work but <laughs> abstinence apparently does work when Alyssa Milano is commanding it. And you just read out the tweet. It's actually fantastically worded. We just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex. So on the, uh, on the day that Doris Day dies, we are basically back to the sexual morality of uh, Doris Day, young at heart, circa 1954, in which Hollywood actresses now are promoting chasteness uh, because the risks of pregnancy from having sex are too high. Uh, wokeness eventually brings you back to the same dank slumbers of 60 years ago. It's amazing. What I find so interesting is if you were to do a study of the unhappiest people in America and then isolate the people with the most influence over our social policy, it would be a, the union set would be 100 percent. It's like the more the more unhappy you are, the more influential you are over how people live their personal lives. Why is that? How do we get here? Well, I think that's what's very interesting. A lot, a, a lot of these so-called activists, and this is a very weird reaction to a piece of public policy. It's certainly a lot more draconian than just trying to win a, a few local elections in uh, Georgia. But as you say, uh, uh, the, the happiest people, according to all the surveys, are all the uptight Republican squares uh, getting boring old marital sex. All over the country <laughs> now, there are, there are twitchy little pajama boys uh, who agree with Alyssa Milano on everything and she still won't let him get to second base. It's a tragedy. <laughs> it's just like, 
Why is it? I mean, it's sort of unspoken in all this is the idea that having kids is literally the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah. It's like the end of your whatever your stupid career is or the things that you think are so important in your life, which, by the way, mean literally nothing in the end. Right. right, But like, where do we get to a place where a whole political party believes having children is like a punishment? Having children is like a punishment. Now, I'm going to just stop it right there. So when I watch the news, I really don't give a shit. I don't get offended by a lot. Um, You know, people that are in the uproar about racism that I don't really get in the uproar about it. I don't give a shit because I know who I am. I know where I stand at the end of the day. So when I watch the news, I watch it from all sides, including the enemy. I just, you know, it's nice to to know what your enemy's tactics are just to, you know, just to watch your back. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, it was just funny listening to them just dig into Alyssa Milano, just, you know, crack on her for a bit. But I want to say, Alyssa Milano, a lot of these women are not with you. If they are, they, uh, we know what they are. Uh, There's a lot of simping men that are, you know, just weak minded men that are going to stand in agreement with you. Um, But for the most part, women, I think the vast majority of women uh, when they hear this, like this whole sex strike, they're laughing at you. <laughs> they are laughing you out of the room. What the hell are you talking about? I want to call upon a sex strike. Stand with me. Like, what? Fuck out of here. Like, and this is why I was saying, like, she's, this isn't her first time. She's just said a lot of that crazy shit. If she's attempted to do a lot of that crazy shit. And it's just, you know, it. I hate, I love and I hate Hollywood celebrities. It's like this shift that has happened in the last decade where a lot of these celebrities have gone like super leftist. And, you know, your views are your views. Think how you want to think. But it's gotten so bad to the point where it's like damn near cringeworthy to watch these celebrities on Twitter facebook wherever they're at just post these long ass novels about what their views are and just to get a bunch of fucking people to stand in agreement with them it's fucking lame it's it looks forced it it don't even look like you really you don't even believe in what you're saying so that's i don't know man (laughs) a sex strike it's 2019 it is 2019. It is 20 freaking 19. Knock it the fuck off. It's a lot of shit. It's a lot of unfiltered shit that I can say, but I won't. I won't. I'll chill. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, but with this whole heartbeat bill, I am. I, fuck no. I disagree with this 100%. This is not cool. I am not down with it. But. What I'm saying is there's just a lot of celebrities. Then there's people that aren't even celebrities that just come out the woodwork and they just throw their opinions out to make themselves seen just and it looks corny. Like you can tell the people that do this, but, you know, I'll chill out. I'll keep it cool and copacetic and uh, I'm going to just end it right here. Uh, Thank you for listening. That wraps up this episode for me episode 126 of the social introvert podcast 
Really quick, I want to give a shout out to 12 Kyle Podcast, Conversation Con Artist, Ignorant Philosophy, <clears throat> Reasonable Ignorance, Random Tandem, The John Effect Podcast, Brunch with Besties, Usual Suspects, <laughs> and of course, I can't forget about the BYNK family. Shout out to Government Name Podcast over there with Shogun and Cole Jackson. And shout out to my boy, Carefree Black Nerd Podcast with your host, Rain Coleman. I'm liking them Avengers uh, podcast that you're doing. Shout out to Rain Coleman. And uh, last but not least, shout out to Jasmine Blue and Hakeem Skitwith. Those are our BYNK Radio website blog content creators. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Isid Davis. I-S-I-D-D-A-V-I-S. Um, go and like and follow the Facebook page, the Social Introvert Podcast Facebook page. And uh, send your thoughts if you have any questions. It could be about anything. If you want to be a guest on a future episode, do not hesitate. Send those emails over to the Social Introvert Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, before I wrap up right here, um, my last episode, episode 125, which is called Expansion, I uh, had a few people hit me up, man, and they were like, yo, bro, like, yeah, man, that's a throwback. And I was like, why you call the episode Expansion? And of course, at the end of the episode, I was talking about trying to branch out and do more. Um, Social Introvert TV just, just launched on YouTube, so I'm doing that. And then I'm taking my talents, not to sound like LeBron here, but I'm taking my talents back to blogging. I'm like, it's this love-hate relationship with blogging. Like, I'm in and out of it. Uh, I'm back in it permanently. Permanently. Excuse me. I'm back in blogging uh, for good. So, uh, yeah, I don't know when that's going to be up, but it is coming soon. I'm going to take my time with it. I have one, let me see, it's actually a theory that I came up with for Avengers Endgame. That's going to be my first blog. And it's a theory that I don't think anybody has touched on. And it has, you know, I'm not even about to reveal that. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, this theory is basically on Avengers Endgame. I don't think the hype for Avengers Endgame is dying anytime soon. It is past Titanic as <laughs> one of the highest grossing movies of all time. So um, the hype is not dying at all. This is, this is a film that's going to be talked about for a very long time. So, um, until Thursday, guys. Peace. BYK Radio.